just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace, just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety, hosted by myself, Daniel O'Reilly, aka. Dapper Laughs. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, this is an unfiltered, uh, no-holds-barred look at all things uh, (laughs) sobriety-related, mental health, well-being. uh, And um, yeah, this podcast was grew out of my own sobriety. I'm currently sitting on, let me just get the days up for you. I'm currently sitting on 93 days, 93 days sober, which uh, for me is, is amazing. And the reason why I'm doing this podcast is I've got this group on Facebook, Mate, Men and Their Emotions, uh, where lads are just anonymously uh, talking on there and posting their problems and um, opening up and talking and a lot of them are going through struggles like I did or I am with uh, an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and drugs and um, yeah this is this is an honest look at it man and an honest chat and I'm a little bit worried about today's podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I've had various guests on here, um, you know, people from from the industry, you know, psycho- psych- psychiatrists, you know, like hypnotists, um, celebrities, loads of stuff for different angles and, and ways to look at this. And this simply is um, one that I really wanted to do with a good power of mine from back in the day. Um, and we spent a lot of time on the sesh together. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this is, this is, this guy, this guy, before I introduce him, this is kind of where this is, the sesh gremlin is sort of based on this geezer. Um, you know, those of you that were known, it, uh, he, he was undoubtedly the biggest maniac on the sesh that I know. Uh, and I can feel him squirming in his seat now. He's shitting himself. But <laughs> um, I thought, It'd be really interesting to get him on because at the point of uh, when I met him and the phase that we both went through through our lives, it was a really difficult time. We were having a great fun, but we were a right mess. And I never, never, never would have dreamed in a million years that this guy would ever be sober because he was a fucking genuine wreckhead. And on that... How are you, Callum? Yeah, I'm Callum and I'm an alcoholic. How are you? <laughs> Callum, yeah. this is Callum or Cali B, as we call him. Anyone that knows me personally, any of my friends that know me personally or my business colleagues or, uh, well, you are a business, you are we a business are, associate we now. We together now, unbelievable yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, anyone that knows me or that has been to any of my events over many years will... Will have had me talk your ear off. He would have had you chew his ear off. But yeah. um, how long have we known each other? When did we meet? Uh... Do you know what? Time has warped for me over the years. I would have said about eight years ago, I think we met, I had that Poxy magazine. Yeah, front Facebook fans. Facebook page, yeah. And I was Not all front, over yeah, you. Yeah. It was when you when you were having all your dramas with the uh, ITV, yeah. which I was unaware of because I was a fanboy. My sister told me about that after we met. Yeah. But yeah, I think about eight years ago, I remember, I remember vividly coming into the pub and seeing you in the corner and having two pints at the bar just to get the nerve to come and have a chat with you. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, that was an interesting day. Yeah, we met. So how did we meet? Was that how we met? I wanted to get involved with... I, I got your number through a pal of mine. I wanted to uh, talk about... I don't know what it was. I, like anything, I was latching onto something. I had no real direction in my life at the yeah. time. And I had this page, and you were sort of semi-interested. And I thought, right, well, you're good on social media. Let's have a chat. And see if there was something we yeah, could do. Yeah, and see if there was something there. And I remember about 15 minutes into our conversation, you just looked, oh, do you get on it? And I was like, yeah, I, well, as, as it happens, yeah, I do. And then... 
And then the, <laughs> the business meeting was gone. It was yeah. away. We were in some poxy taxi on the way up to, I remember we sat in the um, Sky Lounge bar, radio bar. Yeah. In, uh, and my and mum had lent me some money. And I remember fucking buying, a, we had sliders. You were getting chatted up so I had some birds in the sun. I was sniffed up. I was fucking thinking I've made it, boy. And that was eight <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And nothing ever materialised out of that because obviously we just got smashed. Yeah. the end. Yeah, so I, from what I can remember was, um, well, I can remember how I, how I met you was, it was a business meeting, we, the business meeting, uh, we had a few drinks and then we started talking about the session, you know, because some of my content was around that then and then, yeah, we ended up getting on the session. I can remember, I can remember coming away from that meeting thinking, yeah, nice guy, I'm not sure I'm going to do any business with him because he's off his fucking head, but nice guy. I never would have thought that we'd be, would have been friends all these years and been through what we've been through, but I can remember the second time we met, you said, oh yeah, I want you to meet, I want you to come and do something, da da da, me. And I thought, do you know what? I had a good time. I'll come back in. I'll see what else is going on. And also I knew, you know, we was going to probably have another sesh. Um, and all I can remember from the second time we met was you going, oh, there's this party I want to take you to. Come come with me. I got my pal picking me up and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I was a little bit nervous. I ended up getting, and we were off our night, I ended up getting in a taxi or a car with you, your, with your pal and driving across London and then the next thing, the fucking car broke down on our second meeting and you had me out the back pushing the fucking motor I down did. through central London. I did, I did. And everyone has a taxi driver like that, he'll do it for cheap and you can smoke in the car, but he does heroin while he's driving. And, <laughs> you and didn't tell me that he was no, doing... No, I didn't. And I, did, I thought, and I, do you know what? I he does heroin while he's driving. Yeah, no, but that me for medical reasons because he's addicted to it. So he had to... <laughs> um, so, yeah, but uh, he was, yeah, he let you smoke in the car. So I, I wrote off that. I thought that was a fair balance. But, yeah, he had a beaten up old McGann. I spoke to him yesterday. I said, I'm going on your, your show. Do you mind me saying that you were on, on Brown at that time? He said, you tell the story, Callum. I'm sober now. So he's another one. I, but uh, I love that. I love how you... It was fucking mental. Yeah, yeah. I, it was fucking mental, yeah. And we went to some weird part. I can't even remember the rest of it. But um, I love how you weigh that up. You know, that's a proper addict's mentality. You know, I can get a free lift and he lets me smoke in the car. Uh, but he's got he does everything when he's driving. So do you know what? Fucking double bubble. We're yeah, all right. He was honest about it. He was honest. I knew where I stood with it. I didn't tell you. I didn't that. fucking oh, know that. Yeah, no. no, but I thought you There's me I'm trying me trying to repair my career and fucking Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Well, you were fun to be around and you know, so was I. I mean it was a giggle, yeah. wasn't it? And you yeah. remember these things right for a fucking traffic light as well, wasn't it? We had to push yeah. the car with yeah. everyone beeping at and us. People... You must have been thinking, What am I doing next yeah, to yeah. this penis? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's a good thing that we had drugs in common because I kept coming back to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, the reason I'm getting you on, uh, Callum, is because you're, you're, uh, you are, well, one, we've got a lot of funny stories, which I thought would be entertaining for the podcast. But two, um, we went through quite a dark, dark period of our lives. And I think that uh, a lot of lads out there that are, or women as well, that um, are listening, they might be going for a similar thing where they think they're in the midst of the party. But actually, they're not. They're not. What they're actually doing is they're fucking lost and trying to, trying to. You know, I, I can remember, I can remember like some of the stuff that happened in my life around that time. Um, but it was devastating for me. But when I was out with you lot or a certain group, and we were all in the kitchen or we we're at a bar and da da da. Those those brief moments felt like nothing it's short, was wrong. It's short term happiness, isn't it? And you sit there and you you've got your arms around some fucker you've met 
three times in your life, but you're hugging him like a brother. Yeah. And it's it's false. Everything around you is false. And people go home, the party stops, and you've got to pick up the pieces. And, and, and when I had to pick up the pieces, I used alcohol as a coping mechanism. So what people didn't see was the gin and tonics in the morning and, and you know, getting on with my life under the influence of alcohol. And no one would have known any different. But inside, I was running away from all the shit that's catching up on me. You know, you, don't, you haven't got your life together. And people will make you feel good. You very quickly realise who your mates are as well, the ones that pull you into it and the ones that want to pull you out. So, you know, it, yeah. th- at that time, I was miles away from sobriety and not wasn't even close to knowing that I needed to make a real fucking change. And it was only only real, you know, life shocks and uh, a family coming along and, you know, um, that, that, that gave me a kick and made me think, what am I doing, you know? Because you're stuck. How would you describe, if you could describe your, you know, because... I got accused of glorifying um, drug culture by a journalist the other day when my first podcast went out. And my answer to that was, well, fucking taking drugs is glorious. That's the fucking problem. Well, yeah, otherwise you wouldn't do it. No, yeah, it's kind of fucking Moorish. I mean, it's ridiculous. You you know, you go and spend 200 quid on something that's gone in, you know, seven hours and you're wondering about more when when you're financially not stable enough to do it. If if drugs weren't giving you something, no one would do it. Yeah. But you are, you are, you are masking, you are slapping a big plaster over something that you need to address and and, and that's the main thing and it just eats you away you know I'm still a slim lad but you know I probably haven't looked as well as you know and I substituted cocaine for food and who would have known that would have been a a, a positive step but um, you know when you get stuck like that um, it's very lonely Mm. you know and and when you're doing it in the week, for example, people love you at the weekend, and they're thinking, "Oh, he's my boy." He's, he's, they don't see that you've had, you've already been topping up before you even got there. They don't see it. They think you're a party animal. They think this, but it's like, no, I'm somewhere. I'm accepted now. You know, I used to love the boxing because every cunt was up till six in the morning. I was up anyway. You mm. know, but I used to love being included in it. And uh, you know, it gets very sad, very lonely, very quickly. And until I, until I started, you know, until my life took a really lucky and positive turn with me and a very, very um, loving woman who, who stood by me, you know, I was fucked. And I got thrown in the deep end with having a daughter very quickly and, you know, big complications with her birth and all that. Um, and that, I, I thought it was game over for me. I nearly lost my daughter in hospital. And I thought, I remember thinking, if, if she dies, I've got nothing to hang on to and I will kill myself with alcohol. And, and since that moment, because she pulled through... I said I've got to make a change. Now that was two and a half years ago. I'm not saying that I've I've been a, a golden since then. But what I have done is actively tried to improve myself every time. I've had my slip ups. I had two pints in my brother's thirtieth, which is three months ago. And my mum looked at me like, "Oh my god!" Because the trauma I put her through immediately. I saw her eyes go, "Fuck, he's about to go again." Um, but you notice things, and 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 you start to realise that I was the cunt. It was me, you know. Mm. The, the 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 stuff I'd say to people when I was hurting inside, I would be, I would throw everyone just toxic energy on everybody. No mm. one wanted to be around me, and I'm starting to build bridges and piece things together now. So, you know, it's you know to to, to answer your question, I've gone a roundabout way, but it's you know it is fun, it is glorious, and if you can handle it, like you say, crack on. But if you're sat there thinking, when is this going to stop and, and can I keep doing this? Then you really need to look inside yourself and say, what am I getting out of this? Yeah. Who's winning here? I'm going to be brutally honest with you. There was a, um, and I'm only going to say this stuff because um, because of how, how positive things are for both of us. I mean, yeah. together as a team and we're getting yeah. to that later. But there came a point and I'm sure that uh, this happened to you and this must have been heartbreaking for you with a lot of people. But there came a point where... I, I started to because when I when I first met you, um, my career was in tatters. My father had just passed away, and 
uh, I, w- I really was damaged and I really didn't care about yeah. myself at all. Um, but once I started putting work back into my career and once I started, I mean, I was still using and, and drinking and or whatever, but once I was started taking life seriously again, um, I really felt like I had to distance myself from you. I remember, I remember being sat in your kitchen at one of your events and you saying, I just can't have you around me, Cal. And yeah. my jaw was in the fucking pub yeah, before, and, and, you know, you know and what? I know that and I remember it, but you were right. Yeah, I, 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 and actually it's filling me with a little bit of emotion now saying it because I do feel, and it is getting me a little bit, I'm sorry, man, I always get emotional with these podcasts, but it, uh, I felt like if I'd stuck around with you, because I was looking at you and you were skinny, you weren't eating, you couldn't talk, you yeah. could not fucking talk most of the time. You'd come, you'd come in, you'd, you'd, you know, I was having a couple of bumps here and there, and then maybe a, a, the occasional overnight sesh and stuff like that. But every time there was a period in your life where every time I saw you, you, you were buckled. Buckled, mate. Buckled. And I lied to Mister. Two years I did that every day. Yeah. Buckled. And and you tell yourself, and you have a day off, and it's like fucking. You reward yourself. You're like, no, it ain't that bad. It is, Dan. Yeah. It was. I remember vividly you saying that. I can't have you around me, mate. And me trying. I couldn't even get the words out to argue my point because I was fucked. Yeah. And um, and there you know, was a couple that of that hit me though. But you don't know that that was a favour you did me because I thought, fuck, you know, don't throw away your fucking ticket. Don't throw away the people that got your back. You yeah. know, I, that did. I remember it. I remember that yeah, vividly. Cause I because where I connected with you and I got on well with you, and it wasn't just drugs that we had or drink that we had in common because we used to talk a lot about yeah. a lot of stuff. You yeah. know, we used to we did used to talk a lot about a lot of stuff and and text each other a lot and talk and. Um, uh, but you started coming to my events and getting thrown out, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know? I mean, oh, yeah. I'm just going to say uh, it's like. I got I, back in four times one time. I yeah, you got. I you, brought you, a mob of people with me and the fucking. Yeah. Put all and every, yeah, and the, everyone, everyone when they're around me at an event, you know, they got their cameras out, they're filming or they're doing selfies. It was this wanker. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you would, yeah. And um, I, it, it hurt me to say it, but also I was scared, man, because. Because you were tr- you're, you you were triggering me. I mean, every time I saw you, I wanted to get on it and and drink. But anyway, but anyway, the mad thing, and th- this happened as well with uh, Kirk and other people, a lot of people that I've spoken to on this podcast. In fact, more or less everyone I've spoken to on this podcast has gone through something extremely traumatic while they're on drug use, while they're uh, like an addict or drinking. They've gone through something really traumatic. Um, that they didn't think they'd be able to get through, right? And then on the other end of that, they fucking sorted their life out. It's yeah. insane. Where for me, for me, when my father passed away, I drank and everything, da da da. And then loads of other stuff happened that made me realise in my life that I've got to get clean. And for you, it was your daughter, wasn't it? Yeah. So talk, talk me through that. Well, you have your rock bottoms. Everyone has your rock bottoms. And I'll just quickly mention what you just said about... Um about me just then about you know you've got to get people away from you I'll, I'll be honest i was selfish you were a geezer you had a personality you had birds around you you had money when you know more money than i had at that time and as a selfish guy i wanted you out i wanted you on the gear and you'll find that with friends when you try to go sober you'll find the ones that still want to pull you back into it um and uh, i was doing that with you i'm sure of it that that uh, well, you know you were you, a t- you were a ticket yeah you have to be honest you know because you, you i was i behaved i had behaved awfully in a lot big period of my life but um you have multiple rock bottoms, and uh, so you know. I, I met my I met my partner Stacy, and um, you know we we fell in love really, really. And we're still together, like absolutely best relationship. We work on it. We go counselling together. We do everything. You know, we, we nip problems in the bud before it starts. But 
I had um, many. We, we got pregnant two weeks in, and um, two weeks into meeting her. In two weeks into meeting her, and I've done the maths on this because she was three months premature. But seven months in, we're having a baby, so you know she looks just like me. Don't worry about it. I saw, <laughs> I saw her. I saw her come out. I saw, I saw the weight. But um, we, you know, we went for a routine check. I remember Stacey said I can't. I haven't felt the baby for a few days, and we went in for a, uh, a scan. And uh, it was taking a bit long. I was on the phone to my mate Ali at the time, and I said, "Ali, I can't. I don't think I'll be able to do that." I was sober at this point as well, and I said, "I will. I will melt. I will fold if I lose the baby." And Stacey, sure enough, I just felt it. She came out in tears. She said, "The baby's not doing very well. We've got to get it out. We need a second opinion." Had a second opinion. How, how many months was she? Sorry, six and a half months pregnant. Wow. So she, yeah. So. Um, uh, it was right at the start of COVID, and uh, they said we've got to take her uh, in an ambulance, Stacey, to uh, Oxford Hospital. She's having the baby. She's going to have it out tomorrow. But because of COVID, you can't go in. So I'm on my own, right? And I'm and, and she's gone. And I uh, what I, did you do I, straight? Four cans of Stella, and I rang a taxi driver, and uh, I sat with him. And I just, the guy spoke. The guy was a prem baby as well. You know when you get in these moments, and I'm drinking Stella. I'm on the way. Bear in mind, eight months ago, I'm just going about my day. And now I'm on my way to have a kid with a woman that I know, you know, for, for seven months. I mean, I'm thinking, what the fuck? And I'm chatting away to this guy and he's talking about his experience. And he goes, well, he was born and he goes, they threw me on a slab. It wasn't like these days. And, you know, if he breathes and he eats, he eats, you know, but we were chatting. And I, I started drinking and I got to hospital and Stacey was all plugged into this stuff. And we was put in this room and I was drunk, trying to pretend I wasn't drunk. And uh, I fell asleep for sort of half an hour while we were sharing this bed. And I woke up, I threw up you know, out of nerves and, the, and there was cans in the bloody bin. And the nurse is like, what's this guy doing here? And so I wasn't allowed to see Stacey. They kept her in overnight and I was in this hotel. And you know what? I, I reverted so much harder into my alcoholism because I needed to sleep. I thought the only way I can remove this anxiety this fear is the only way i've ever known which is booze and i was drinking i reckon i did about they, they had the mini bar full of these little uh jd and cola cans i reckon i was doing 15 or 20 of them a day getting four hours sleep in back, back and forth to hospital and i was drunk when i went to the the theater when she was um when minnie was oh born God. stacy looked over she had a c-section and you know i i was looking over her shoulder holding her hand and i i, I just Remember, they were like, the, the nurse pulled me to one side and said, listen, um, your baby's probably going to die and your missus might die. And just, but don't say anything and just keep it. And I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to sit here? And there was this doctor and he's got the old mask on and these beautiful blue eyes, this guy. And he just looked over and he gave me this sort of wink as this baby was being pulled across. They tried to distract me and they gave a resuscitation for three minutes. Bear in mind, she was 563 grams. So, like, you know, to get her heart oh, going God. and all that. And and then she he said, do you want to come and see your daughter? And I came over and this little fucking bean, right, with a, with a woolly hat all wrapped in foil was there. And I said, oh, my God. And, um, you know, it was just an in and out. And so Stacey went back and, and uh, you know, we weren't allowed. This was, this was, um, this was the 22nd. I, could, I, I saw her briefly the next day, but we weren't allowed, me and Stacey, to see her together till Christmas. They gave her a COVID relief thing where we could go in together on Christmas. And, um, you know, her, her, she was born with a hole in her heart. She had problems with her lungs. And in two days, it fixed. I and mean, it was fucking mental. And as Christmas started to clear, bear in mind I'm living in this sort of travel lodge, sort of halfway house that the government provides. Like on my own, everyone's out. It's locked down. No one can come and see you. I was staying in Oxford at the time. I remember walking down Oxford High Street and I saw my mate on um, on Christmas Eve, Liam Lumley, walking down. He had no idea what was going on in my life. I said, Lumley, you're all right, mate. Just a mate of a friend. 
I said, you, you, ain't, you ain't about for a pint. You couldn't come and sit with me for a minute. And he said, no, I'm, I've got to do my Christmas shop. It doesn't know. I've just had a kid and I'm on my own. And as he left, I just burst down crying. And I was like, I'm totally, totally alone here. And, oh, I, and I suck solace in, in, um, in alcohol. But, uh, you know, I, I went into the, the hospital when all the staff coming back and there was this doctor, this lovely man, and he had uh, like long hair. He looked really quirky with a little bow tie. And he goes, are you the dad of Minnie? And I said, yeah. He goes, oh, your daughter's in WhatsApp groups all across the, the world. Said, it's one in a million. I don't know how she's pulled through. And I thought, fuck, mm. you know. I thought, fuck, this is it. If I fuck this one up, one in a million, here's your yeah. chance because I would have gone down so I would have mm. either killed myself through drink or just done it by my own hand if she had gone and yeah. I don't think my relationship with Stacey would have survived that so my little mini mm. had, a, had a big chance and if I don't play the odds if I don't prove to her that I can be a mm. one in a million and turn my life around then who the fuck am I you mm. know Fucking hell, man. That's um, it's a yeah. biggie, it's a biggie, Carl, mate. And um, I don't talk about it, Dan, very often. It's probably the first time I've thought about it in a year because she's so great now. But I mean, it's an interesting part of my drinking journey, but something that's really Peter, I don't want to talk about too much. Yeah, you know, I get that. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't comprehend the um, the thought or feel it. I mean, that's the big, my the biggest fear when you're being a father is all the scenarios that go through your head. Well, your daughter wasn't very well recently, and the pain and panic that goes yeah. through you, even though they're going to be okay, is just yeah. mortifying. Yeah. they're so helpless. They look at you like, "What's going on?" Yeah, I, the, I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, I've gone sober and um, I'm cleaning my act up for my kids," but for me. For me, <clears throat> sorry, that really choked me up, man. I'm trying my hardest not to cry on this fucking podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, man. This is very different to what we used to do in little rooms like this, isn't it, Cal? Yeah. Fucking hell, sorry, mate. I just It's just because I know you. Give me a hug. Man. Yeah. Give me a hug. I'm really happy. I'm happy for you, mate. Um, but no, I think about... God, I'm such a bitch. Am I allowed to say bitch? That? Oh, say Oh, okay. Oh, man, I... Didn't used to get this emotional, or did I? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, not really, no. No. No, you, listen, was what you used to say. Come listen, on, listen. I was an arm yeah, tapper. Yeah, I was an arm tapper. Absolutely. You, no, you were just a fucking noise, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember a picture. I can remember a picture. That, that, that There's one picture that you've sent me multiple times where we're in green. I can see it in my green, head. Greenies yeah. thing, and I'm stood there with my shirt. I always had my shirt off in the sesh, didn't Every I? Time. I'd have my shirt off, and I had a massive belly like that. Do you remember? Yeah. And then we'd be, and I'd be telling people I'll knock them out and that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to love it because if someone came in that didn't know you, who liked you, I'd be like, lovely. Part, right, go yeah. and speak to Dan for Mate. And then you'd have your audience. It'd be good. And we can talk about normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. Fight stories normally, wouldn't it? Fights, yeah, that never happened. Fights that I didn't have in year eight. I got yeah. nicked that off you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say, um, yeah, sorry, I got a bit emotional then. But I was just going to say because, and the reason why I'm emotional is because, and why I feel bad a bit is because I kind of turned my back on you at a point because I just thought, I just, I, just, I honestly, uh, you know, I just thought to myself, I, there's no, there's no, I can't help him because I'm kind of in the midst of it as well. But I did think to myself, you know, you know, when you just think this just don't seem right. So there was a time a little while ago um, where you walked into a room. I can't remember where I was. And I went, fucking hell, Cal. Do you remember? I, I think I can't remember when it was. I didn't even realize you'd gone sober. Um, I can't remember when it was, but I saw you and I was like, fuck, mate, look yeah. at you look well. You must have started getting that a lot because yeah, I did. it feels good when you get it. It feels it doesn't take long yeah. for, for you to start feeling good again. And yeah. people notice because you don't know how many fans you've got behind the scenes that want to see you. My, my, my little sister, big, big example of that, who 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 would know she go cow. We had a big, big chat before Christmas. She go cow us. 
if I'd know if you hadn't had a drink for five days, you were funny, you were engaging, but yeah. her whole guard would go up if I'd had a drink. And people, they, they want you to do well. And the support you get, mm. all right, you're going to you're gonna have to put up with the fact that you've caused trauma to these people. You've been an arsehole. And, and you need to understand that you can't push boundaries with them. Like when I tried to have a pint in my brother's 30th, in my mum's face, no, not interested, because that was my fault. Pint or not, it doesn't matter how that would have gone for me. What I did to her just by even looking at it, she's going straight back to... Oh, here drink. he goes. We've got to go through this yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I say I was bad, I mean fucking drinking dregs out recycling bins bad at one point. With you know, with my parents, really? yeah, fucked Dan. Like because I was so terrified of reality and and the whole life that all my worries that I've stuffed down coming up. And when, as soon as I felt them coming up, I was like, I need something. I need something. And it was booze more than the coke for me. The coke was the weekends. That was fun. I never was one of those sort of sit at home. But the, the, the coke, I, the, I mean, every every time something was going on, you were off, you're not. But I mean, behind the scenes, what you're saying is your day-to-day functioning was alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morning to night, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, needed it. But just just to go back on onto the kids thing, just what I wanted to say is, you know, uh, I, a lot of people say, oh, I've got a kid now. That's why I want to sort my life out. But for me, for me, for, and this is really, this is really what's stuck in my mind and I think if anyone out there that's just trying to do the right thing and that's got kids the way that I look at it is I, and I look at it because uh, now I've got two like this morning I put a posted a video t- uh, I've sat in the car with them this morning where they're asking they're, they're telling me they're mm. teaching me where babies have co- where babies come from right? right so I've got the I've got the where do they come from <laughs> well according to Rue the belly button right, nice. um, so I've got Neve sat in the front saying that you know when mummy and daddy go dancing yeah. and then there's uh, after the dancing there's a baby in the tummy and and I'm sitting there in the car and uh, again I'm so emotional at the moment just because I feel like I feel like everything just feels so fucking real well, you've got from- 15 years of suppression coming out look yeah. smell the air yeah, I know. It's so real. It is. And people think that that's like dramatising. It isn't. But I felt emotional because there was a moment there where I thought to myself, this is right now I'm in a happy memory. I felt like right now I'm in a happy memory. And also, also I thought to myself, I've got so much patience for these kids in yeah. the mornings now. Whereas before I was like, oh man, just let's get them to school or let's do this yeah. and just get ready. The patience was gone. But what I'm trying to get at is I project myself forward and I think to myself, this is this is what keeps me on the straight and narrow now, motivated. Is I think to myself, when my girls are eighteen years old yeah. and they look back, how do I want them to picture their father, and what do I want them to say when someone goes, "What's your dad like?" Now, if that if if that was me ninety days ago, or even you know a few months ago, or whatever, I mean, I've been on and off um, causing mayhem with within my household, within my relationship. You know how it gets. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just fucking everything goes to shit on and off, on and off, and and now I'm on on the straight and narrow. And, and I believe if I stay, I, I know for a fact that if I stay on this path, if I stay on the path I'm on now. When they're eighteen, they'll look back and they'll say, "What a great dad!" But if yeah. I d- if I don't, they'll be like, "What a prick!" Well, you've got so much to lose when you do that. Yeah, is you, why would you throw it away? And don't you, you feel better when you're sober? Yeah, oh, so you've God. got energy. Yeah, oh, I can feel it. I can feel it when it, you know because I've had two years, two and a half years where where I've been up and down with sobriety, eight months where it was probably my longest. Now I reckon I'm going to beat that. I've done with this whole situation. Yeah, but. When you get back into it, you just your energy levels are zapped, and yeah. you know you're on the sofa. You, you don't give a fuck. And, it's, and if you get on the gear, it's a four or five day knock on period where I'm ignoring people and work suffers. Yeah. Everything suffers, yeah. and it's for what? Yeah. And it's for what? Yeah, I'm, do you know what it is? I think people can only really turn that corner when, when, when you know you have to work it out yourself. You have to want it. You have to want it. And uh, like for me now, I'm finding it easy. I'll be honest with you. I'm yeah. finding it very easy. Um, I just 
like the thing is you can't you can't make the right choice because when I put it out in front of me like this do I want the occasional sesh and uh, you know that that old school uh, getting pissed up with my mates which I fucking miss I do miss I get miss getting pissed up with my mates I miss the session I miss all of that but if I had to pick with a logical head on if I had to pick between that and a happy family and being proud of myself, yeah. what would I pick? I'd pick that. But to even put, to even get those choices in front of you, a lot of hard work. It, a lot of hard work to even get that there. You have to be sober. To even think about that, you have yeah. to be sober. So that's why your first month or your first three or four weeks or thirty days of sobriety is the hardest because you can't even. You're not even. You ain't got enough clarity to even to even compare the two. No, no, it's a journey. It, the, the, for me, the first two weeks. Um, where you have to sit with your own emotions is the terrifying bit. The, yeah. the, the accumulative come down that you've yeah. been running from and you have to sit with that and it's easy to fold. I've folded loads of times with that. Three, four days in, mm. I know what will take the pain away. I know it. Mm. And you, your brain's having a having a go at each other. And I see it, I don't know, I, I, I thought of a good analogy. I love all my Lord of the Rings and, and The Hobbit and there's a, there's a scene where they Bilbo's running around in the woods and, it, and they're all foggy and they can't they can't see it is, it, everything's clustered and he goes through these trees he climbs up and the air's there and the butterflies and you can see everything yeah that big breath and you just you suddenly you're in there and you can see everything yeah. and, and people fuck me when people tell you they're proud of you and you ain't heard it for years it's, and you're sure, like oh my god yeah that's the, yeah. That, that, yeah to me yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's just just coming out and yeah. saying, Do you know what? Well done. Because you're hard. used. Because you're you. You've just yeah. accepted you're an arsehole. Oh, he's a cunt. Fuck him off. Yeah, yeah, you have. You've accepted you're an arsehole. Yeah. I mean, like for instance, you know, I know I'm a prick. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. But for me, like Shelley, um, you know, uh, I. When another thing that I another thing that I think I don't I'll never miss is the paranoia. Now a lot of people think that from it's not just it's it's not just cocaine or whatever. It's, it comes from alcohol as well. But a lot of people think when you talk about paranoia, it's like oh who's outside or looking through the curtains or or like um, you know oh someone's watching me like that paranoia. My paranoia wasn't that. My paranoia was oh my god I wonder. I wonder if she's texting someone. I wonder if she's yeah. like that jealous, like that jealous. For me, my problem always was being deeply, deeply insecure. I was deeply insecure. And I had to, I, I hid that with my, that's why I'm so passionate about comedy and creating comedy because I'm like, do you like me? Do you like me? Am I all right? Am I funny? Am I funny? Am I funny? I'm constantly on it with social media and everything like that. But now, and and what come with that is once I'm on a come down or once I was hung over, the insecure, because we learned this on another podcast. There's like a base level that, that your body's meant to function at. And uh, um, just give me that analogy that you were saying. Swip the camera around. Get the camera. Give me that analogy that you were saying. This is John, our producer, that you were saying, oh, I really liked it in the coffee shop about what the body's doing. Yeah. So I guess when you've had like a long session, you're, you know, kind of recovering from that. You've used up all your dopamine, your serotonin, and you're just, your body is scanning for danger. You're just constantly... You're, you're that deficit where you're just kind of looking for what the problem is because your body oh, is in a state of like um, um, deprivation. So you're just you're trying to find out what's wrong, and that can you know those ideas can be filled from just like like say paranoid thoughts or just like being really kind of edgy. You know when you're like twitching the curtains, just you're just looking for danger because you're not in a 
comfortable state. Yeah. It's very interesting. Because yeah. I'd, seek out, I'd yeah. seek out things to worry about. No, well, that, that is exactly it. And that was a massive... And I don't, I don't like talking too much about mine and Shelley's issues because she's a, she's her own uh, person and it's not really my place. But uh, I, one thing I can admit is I was definitely one of them partners um, for a period of time where I was like looking for problems, looking for things that she was doing wrong, projecting that um, insecurity onto her and her lot waking up fresh. You know what I mean? She's been looking after the kids. I've been out all night. She's waking up fresh. And suddenly she's got all of this fucking drama projected on her and she had enough of it, mate. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I'm hardly surrising. I did exactly the same. I remember getting a voice note off you but just before you 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 started this this journey, the big journey that you're on now. And you were in bits, Dan. And, and uh, a lot of people say, fuck you, missus. She's an idiot. Like, you mm. don't need her. Not true. Yeah. Not true. You, 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 were, you were bringing nothing but, but mm. nuisance and, and you were disrupting your family's calm. Mm. And too right. Same with my Mrs. Stacey. I, you know, when, uh, when, when I started my journey at your house, because <laughs> this, yeah, we, this is crazy. We had, and I'd been sober for a long time, and Dan said, you know, we had the work lot round, and we said, we're going to have a bit of a sesh. And uh, I said, Stacey, come on, let's go. You know, and I hadn't mm. drank in ages, and I was drinking in the car on the way up. I said, oh, come on, it's Dan. We'll have a bit, you know, using it. Because I was lying to her. I want, I wasn't ready to um, really stop this journey. I, I, I find it that I am, mm. I've accepted that I that this is what I want to do. It's not for anybody else. But, you know, after your, we had this session in the, in the morning, I, you know, 10 a.m. beer, I could see her looking at me like, but she, she knows mm. that. I, she can't say anything because there's people around. She doesn't want to embarrass yeah. herself. But as we get out to the car, having known full well that I'm, you know, acting up and I'm about to drive home, you know, we started having a row. And I got all spiritual this time. I had all my crystals and jewellery on. All that got ripped off in our scuffle. Yeah. Right. And she left me at your house. And, you know, I had to, you, I had to get an Uber. I had no money. I had to get an Uber. I remember yeah. taking a bottle of fucking drink home with me. Um, yeah, that was yeah. That, yeah. And she I, went away, mate. She went away for a week, and I had to get my shit together. I went to that's when I, my first AA meeting was that Thursday, and mm. um, that's where I didn't look back. Yeah, yeah, I, I can remember coming downstairs and seeing you walking into my kitchen in the morning. I was like, "Have you been to sleep?" And you were still drinking and stuff like that. And I was like, "I'm like, look, I can't lie. That that used to be me back in the day. After if it was a weekend, if I'd had a session on the Friday, I'd wake up, wake up in the morning, or, or, or if on the on the on the on the Saturday, and be like, "Fuck this hangover. I'm drinking." Yeah, late, mate. Not doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah not doing dealing with this. But um, yeah, and then um, yeah, I didn't see all of that. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. I, oh, you wanted to check it was on my cameras. You wanted to check it was on my cameras. Yeah, she attacked me. She attacked me. I was the victim in all of it. No, I mean, it was something that needed to happen. We had a blow up. I, there was no way of coming back from that one. I was yeah. a loser. And I don't want Minnie. I just don't want Minnie growing up without dad. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, and I think that, um, so let's, uh, you know, we've gone through some quite deep, deep um, stuff. Let, let's get on to something a little bit positive. So, um, well, yeah, we used to, <laughs> we, we used to talk. Uh, I'm just going to go into this actually before I do. But we used to talk quite a lot. You know, if you were somewhere off your nut and I was somewhere off my nut or, you know, if I was yeah. drinking and you were drinking, and we'd like text each other or ring each other and speak. And Yeah, you'd like to see me because you'd go, I feel shit, but it'll be shitter. Yeah. You'd like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And he'd fire one into me. How are you getting on? I remember he did it one time when I was in Amsterdam. My bird left me and I thought, right, we might get back. Not, not This is the previous girl. I thought, I'm going to cement, I'm going to nail the coffin shut on this relationship because I'm all soft and I'll go and tow it, string it along yeah. for another three months. So yeah. I said, right, I'm going to Amsterdam and I'm staying with this bird out there. 
um, on the outskirts doing mm. sniff for like three days straight and you rang me and I what was I doing? I was doing like a make a wish thing, weren't I? Like as if I was on, on my way out. I yeah, no, it, it was, no, it was no, I, I yeah, it was a bit like that. It was a bit like you're like you're like Jeremy Cole, you know what I mean? You're like have, let's watch Cal for a bit and it make you feel better about your own yeah, fucking life. I remember you laughing on voice note, hysterically laughing. Yeah, no, because you, you sent me you sent me I, I just said, Where are you, Cal? I ain't heard from you in ages and you were like, Right now I'm nose deep in a coffee table on the outskirts of Amsterdam in a house full of people I don't know hiding underneath a blanket I was like I was like oh fucking hell I'm just on a bit of a come down but I've got to see this FaceTime so I FaceTimed him like that and he had the blanket round him like that it looked like Mother Teresa and he goes look at everyone in here and he scanned it round like that and there's like, people in there smoking bongs and sniffing gear and that and I was like you having fun he goes yeah it's brilliant I was like no. get me home yeah. uh, I think you actually did say you couldn't give me some money to get home or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. when it sounds about something like I'd say I remember getting like, that plane home sitting next to this woman and I, I, I just got through security and uh, I've fucking said oh before before we take off give me a gin and tonic I need something my hands were going like that and she was looking at me pouring it she was like are you alright I said yeah I will be in a minute don't worry about that and then like you go yeah. straight in the hand about 15 minutes later but you know it was, a, it was a shit show my life was a shit show and I look back at it and I go what, what do you f- f- go on, on. Uh, no yeah because I was just going to jump in now I was just going to say what um what because the the crazy thing is when you first when you meet you cal and uh, and you see what you're doing you have this preconceived idea that you're from like that you're from um you know i don't know some f- council block and oh no i'm, I'm gone, riches to rags bud yeah I've inflicted down the fucking yeah brain, but yeah. you're you know you took me to your house once and you've got your i don't know how much your f- family's house worth but it's a big old state home with yeah. a swimming pool and fucking horses running around and all and yeah. like fucking it's a big old house. I mean, it's got to be worth a good five, ten million or something like that. I wouldn't know in this in this economy. Yeah, no. but anyway, yeah, I'm not going into that. But what I'm saying is, the first time I went round your house, I went, "How the fuck?" As he turned out a crank. When, <laughs> but but no, I'm joking because yeah, I I am playing with you. But what I mean from what I mean from that is. Um, the 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 you know you'd have this preconceived idea but you know you must have been getting funded from your family to a certain extent did your mum and dad at some point go no more money for a cow longer ago than you would think yeah i mean they they support me uh they've supported me quite recently like because i'm on a different path but no yeah cut cut off i mean uh i was homeless for for you know a period of time and uh, i had to get bailed out of of a lot of a lot of issues and I was bouncing when Stacey was pregnant. I was bouncing between her mums, my parents, uh, people's sofas, and you know what a life when you had mm. a little. Fat, I'm surprised we stuck together. I mean, it's an amazing love story. I mean, we're still mm. there. We really have been in the trenches together. Didn't you um, two live in a in a in a flat once that didn't have a front door? No. Okay. So this is situations you get in, right? <laughs> so so and I thought about this. So how, how the fuck does this happen? So I, it was COVID, right? And I've gone back to my parents. I said, listen, I don't want to be locked away. And I gave my mate this, the keys to my house, this flat I was living in. And so he rings me and he goes, I've got locked out. And I've been drinking. And I said, I'm not dropping the keys down because I've, I've been done twice for drink driving. I said, I'm not going to do it again. So he goes, I've smashed the window. And you don't care when you're off cut. I'll do what you need to do. So he smashed the window. And then he's put a bit of, bit of board in, right? Where the, where the hole was. And then he's done, he's forgot the keys again, like a twat. And he's taken an angle grinder to the bit of wood that he's just filled in. So then there's a hole through that. And then he's forgot the keys on that. And then he's glued a glued a, uh, a CD case to that. So there's like three layers of this cunt going through Fucking it. Fucking hell, mate. Right? And then so I said, listen, I've, I've, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the fucking... 
uh, the landlady wants to have a look around. We're getting rid of the flat. And uh, I, he goes, I go, can you get that door sorted? So he took the door off on a Friday, right, to take it to the chippy to sort out. Got on a sesh, forgot about it, and turned his phone off. But he'd screwed a sheet into where the door should be. A sheet? A, sh- a bed sheet. In, on your front door? On the front door of this flat. And the, the estate agent went around. I got a phone call from my dad saying... Where's the fucking door? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is it? And it was a bed sheet screwed into it. And, and, and he's going, how do you get yourself in these situations? And I was like, I don't know that. I don't know how I let... It. How? No door. And it didn't turn up for like two weeks. I said, well, it's a safe area. It hasn't been burgled, look. Fucking hell, mate. Your old man... You're on my... <sighs> you wouldn't rob a house with a bed sheet on it anyway. No, you look down in there, you think no, someone's no, fucking... Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, robbing yeah, that. Yeah. There's I'm definitely right enough. Everything in that house has been sold for crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I never smoked it, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I'm joking. Um, what was I going to say? Never smoked it. Yeah. You sniffed? No, I'm joking. Yeah. No, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> fucking hell, man. What... Your mum and dad, um, bless them, bless them. I mean... Bless them indeed. Bless them, yeah. So... They must be proud of you now. Are they yeah, proud of you? Yeah, you yeah, they are. Yeah, I've got a great relationship with my family. I started therapy, so which I which I thought would be a shit show, but I really, I was at, I, I did, I did AA for quite a while. Uh, I went in person, and then I did the online ones. Found them really, really helpful. So if anyone is is uh, has anxiety like I get, because it was. When I first went to the live AA, it was because I had no other option. Stacey was going to leave me if I didn't make a conscious effort. And I remember, you know, my brain was so higgledy-piggledy at the time that I got the the, the towns wrong. I'd gone to Charminster instead of um, mm. Christchurch. And I was halfway there and I thought, oh, my God, I've gone to the wrong one and I'm going to be late. And Stacey will think I've made this whole story up to get out of it. But luckily I got there. And a mate of mine, Amasai, um, came with me. I rang him, and this is how you know your friends are. I've got very few friends. You know I keep my circle, like you, quite tight. You've got yeah. loads of people you know, but they're very few friends. And and I said, I'm in trouble here. And his real response was, okay, cool, I'll come with you. And he took me down there, and we listened to it. And, I, and it was, for the first 15 minutes, I wanted to look, get up and leave. I was panicking. I was having a sweaty one. You know, when it's like, oh, I can't, I can't, I need space. I need to be out. I need something. Um, but I sat with it. I listened to a very interesting woman who'd been through it, very sort of glamorous life and destroyed herself through, through alcohol and drugs. And I saw a lot of people around there. And just, just you know, some guy stood up and he said, "Oh, you know, I got, I was, I went to prison. I got in a load of trouble. I got stabbed. Just a, just a guy down on his luck." And he said, "But I stopped drinking." And he said, "And I've got a place to to stay. I've got friends, and I've got some, I've got food in." And I, and he was so proud of that. And I thought, what a lovely example of someone who who is just con- has come out of something so severe and 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 is mm. happy to have friends and not be lonely and yeah. he was lonely because of alcoholism and I looked at it and I said well I'm getting increasingly lonely because of my drinking because I'm pushing people away and so I did that and then I did the online ones um which mm. were nice as well so you know if you yeah. are if you I used to sit in the bath and just have it on and um you know have it on my phone did they, they did, you didn't have the camera on you did no, no, I I didn't, no no I didn't no 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 He's like, no, this is the best no, fucking no. meeting ever. Go yeah, on. yeah, nice. Tell me again, Julie. How bad was it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Really weird. Yeah, nice. Um, um, no, no, but I, no, I did. And I used to listen. I found it therapeutic. Mm. And everyone, there was people in there for a sense of community. And yeah. I think, you know, and they used to say at the start, if you've had a drink today, just sit down and be quiet. And there were people that did that. But there was a, there was a sense of, of everybody coming together. And I thought that was lovely. And then I uh, I went into alcohol and addiction therapy. Uh, and I've got the lovely uh, woman, Garance, this French lady. 
And it started off, I thought, oh, I'm not sure about this. And now I've immersed into it. You mm. know, at the start, we do the connection. Mm. Feel the soles of your feet into the carpet and all. It goes up. And wow. Feel, feel it, yeah. And you have to and, uh, ask yourself an inner question about what you want to talk about, right? And I, yeah. and it, and, but I go along with I'll it. I'll be like, what fucking action no, is that? You, no, think, <laughs> you, think, you think you'd fight it, but you don't. You, if you yeah. let yourself go into mm. it. And what, what she taught me, which is so strange, is is I hated myself and I drank because I, I hated who I was. And, and, it, and alcohol never made it any better, but it stopped it for a little while. And and I got to the cause. I was, a, you know, I was a skinny guy at school who was self-conscious. And I was, you know, the, the cool kids were drinking and I played up and I couldn't stop. And I just went in. I lost focus from about the age of 18. I was drinking. I was working in London as a chef and I was coming home having six pints a night. Skinny boy, six pints. That's a lot. And then getting mm. up at five in the morning, doing it again, repeat, mm. repeat. And it just got more and more. And because I had work, I wasn't drinking in the day. But then when work went away, then suddenly you've got this void mm. that you fill. And it gets more and more. Mm. And actually, you know, I, I am in a position now, I don't drink, but I can have a beer. I, I can tell myself I'm gonna have a beer because I don't I don't I can't see it going anywhere mm. wrong because I've I'm addressing what caused yeah. it all. And I you know, I think I'll do therapy for the rest of my life. I might take it down to once a month. But you know, yeah. it's a space and all my thoughts that are all in a jumbled up sort of mess, like like a, like like it's almost like TV static, but with lines going everywhere. By the end of an hour, I've yeah. I've I've it's all linear. I've narrowed it yeah. down, and I know I could think about it. And yeah. I go, hang on, I didn't have the worst week in my life. I've had a bit of stress with work, yeah. as you know. You know, we we've launched a huge business, and and we, everyone wants things mm. to go well, and they, you know, getting these things the way you want is hard. And I told her about that, and then um, she was like, "So tell me about some other stories from your past." And I went down, and you know, we're laughing like we are. But she goes, "That was mental, Callum, and you've just had a bad week at work. You've stopped. That's not the worst week of your life. Yeah, what are you right. talking about?" I f yeah, I think that I do counselling as well. Yeah. Um, and weirdly, my counselling has cut. Uh, my counselling ran. Uh, with my sobriety, so last year when uh, uh, and my counselling was spurred on from my uh, from how my outbursts of paranoia and like you know my out like kicking off because I'd go through these weird moments where I'd be like oh fucking everything's against me fucking what is going on what what are you saying fucking why is that person being a dick why is that person I'd have these massive outbursts where I was fucking aggy for like an hour poor old me yeah poor me poor me why is everyone against me and then suddenly I'd snap out of it and I'd be like well what have I said what did I say oh, I'm sorry I didn't mean to say that but then it's too late you've said everything and yeah. and I just didn't understand these emotional like um, self-destruct outbursts anyway so I went and started speaking to her. And when I started speaking to her last time, that's when I'd done my last period of sobriety. Yeah. And, I, you know, and um, uh, towards the end of it, I was like, I'm going to start drinking again at Christmas, you know, and I was yeah. coming out of it. And she was like, mm, I don't think you should, you know, because it could lead to the drugs and it could lead to your emotion. Like, you seem so good now. And I was like, no, I'll be fine, um, which I wasn't, obviously. But um, the, 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 I stopped going to her. I messaged her one day and said, "You know what? I'm not. I'm not going to come back this week." And because my because when I was drinking and stuff, I didn't have the time. I just mm. didn't have the time to see her because my spare time was filled up with me meant to trying to get all my work in order. I didn't have that hour anymore. Just oh, one hour. The time you have when you're fucking sober is yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. And getting up and feeling normal and don't yeah. have to fight anything. Oh yeah. my god, it's you've got so much. I relax more than I've yeah. ever relaxed and get more done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, just on that, and just on that, yeah. So I'm, uh, I started. I'm, back seeing her now and um, fit, uh, you know talking and feeling better it, I definitely advise that to anyone out there that feels like you said that everything's tangled up yeah because you you because the truth of the matter is like right now I feel really fucking happy yeah. I don't have I don't have any paranoia or worry I don't think I don't think any bad things are going to happen to me I wake up I feel I get my workout done I feel good yeah um but if you've got all that tangling 
tangling up it's good did you want to say something on that point no I was just thinking how lovely it is yeah I'm just thinking what's for lunch that's my thought yeah alright all right, we're nearly done no Fuck not like it that <laughs> hey not like that but I, you know I know what you mean it's just you know the real, real worries aren't there yeah yeah just yeah and be a human a man yeah that's exactly right I wake up and I actually feel weird that I'm not pissed off half the time anymore yeah. it does feel weird but I just want to finish on on, on a positive note so um, through Callum's sobriety and getting his act together a good a good uh, power of both of ours and, and my business partner on I think all my businesses on, on the nightclub and on Run Rally and some other ones um, Carlos he came up um, he came up with a great idea obviously you, you're you linked to sort of the glamour industry yeah. girls and stuff like that and you had you had uh, Front, Fa uh, Front Fans the magazine the online Front platform mag yeah, yeah. And, your part and your partner's linked to the industry and um, um, Carlos come up with a great idea about taking uh, like OnlyFans and adding the crypto element to yeah. it because one of our other business partners is heavy in crypto. Yeah. Um, and um, Carlos took a big punt on you, man. It, Massive punt. Massive. Oh, Daddy Carl. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, and like Carlos, Carlos, Carlos for me is, um, he's one of the only people around me that was really telling me, man, come on, we, we're meant to be in a he, fucking yeah, meeting. He, he really reads people and he protected me because I was still using at the start of it and I was sending shitty messages and, and, and chasing money down and things and Carl and really, he, yeah, he, sensed he it. put a, a, a barrier between me and doing real damage. He said, you stay there. And he managed me incredibly well. Yeah. I owe Carl a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, a huge amount. And he, um, he, I can remember, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Carl, come to me because everything Carl gets into business-wise, normally I'm involved in, and vice yeah. versa. And he come to me and he said, "Look, I'm thinking about pulling Callum in and giving him a percentage of this." I mean, the industry, uh, the industry, um, OnlyFans. I don't know what, it, what the billions. It's billions, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a year. Massive, yeah, yeah. It's billions a year, and so if you can even get a small percentage of that, and you can mix in the crypto element to it, and and what we managed to do with the platform is. You know, the girls essentially on on uh, OnlyFans, it takes them a long time to get their money out. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of chargebacks and there's loads of stuff like that. And the cryptocurrency element of it cuts it out. They can get, they can access their money straight away. They can manage more. There's be better features and all this, which is all well and good if we've got a good team behind it, pushing it and everything. Yeah. And he come to me and he said, the 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 link to to the industry and someone with knowledge is Callum. What do you think about working with Callum? Yeah. And by this point, um, you know, you'd started getting your act together. But me and you had spoken about business before, and it had always turned into like. And I kind of said to Callum, "Look, I, I said to Cole, I said, look, the guy's fucking intelligent. I said he's very intelligent. Uh, he's very motivated. But if he's drinking and doing gear, he's going to fuck us. Yeah, he's going to fuck us. Yeah. And I said, so so from my perspective, I'm happy with it. Um, but you've got to manage him. And he was like, I can manage him. And can, I, yeah. I, and he can. And he's very good because he senses he senses the same behaviour in you that he did in me. Like for instance, if I'm I, I don't want to do this meeting or I'll I was missing meetings or I was getting angry. He'll find you. Like, it was a detective it, car, yeah, mate. He'll find yeah, you and yeah, he'll be you're like, you're a liar. Yeah, you're a liar. <laughs> or he'll, he'll, he'll contact someone. Was he out with you last night? Yeah, and, da, da, da. and he knows every yeah. fucker as well, yeah, so you can't yeah. get away with it. Um, but what a beautiful thing happened, man. You took us, you, 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 you know, you, you've grew, grew the business. We've, we've, we've launched the business. You're managing it. Uh, and I just wanted to finish the podcast by saying, all that time ago when we first met and when I sort of turned my back on you because I thought you was a bit of a lost cause and I was scared where you were taking me to fast forward to both of us sitting here being sober and potentially having one of the biggest businesses, certainly in my portfolio. Yeah. Uh, and looking forward to a massive year. I just want to say well done, man. Thank you ever so much. Yeah, no, well done to you. You know, we've both come a long way, which yeah. is great. It's nice to be smiles, isn't it? It is. I Sitting it... in a dark room and not, you know, sniffing not having PTSD after it. You know? uh, but, um, I thought this was going to be just a uh, an hour of 
um, sordid, horrible stories oh. and stuff we got up with, but that was beautiful. Yeah, you nice. should be really yeah. proud of yourself, Thank mate. You, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I love it. Big moment for me. Huge yeah. moment. I, I really felt I like, like you needed to talk. Me. You yeah. didn't shut up. He didn't yeah. shut up, did he? Yeah, well, it's nice to be taken seriously for once. No. It is. It feels good. Mm. So thank you, Dan. I'm proud of you, Carl's proud of you, and I'm excited what this year holds, man. Yeah, thank love you, Dan. You. Lovely. All right, I'm just going to finish up. Woo! That was emotional. Very good. Thank you. And um, look, go follow. Okay, you're, you're, banned, you're banned from uh, Instagram. You? Don't worry about following him, but go check out front fans <laughs> yeah go check out front fans on instagram if you want to see uh, see the work that he's put into that and please leave a comment on here um let us know if there's anything that touched you uh emotionally or that you connected with please leave it in the comments also please share the podcast if you think it can help um brilliant people like Callum are coming on. I'm, I'm reaching out to my friends and people in my circle that I know have been through similar stuff to me and asking them to open up. So they're giving. Please give back by sharing this. And uh, let me know if there's anyone interested and you want to come on and make sure you're following following me. And um, thank you very much from me to you. If you need to talk, go in the Mates Men and Their Emotions group. And uh, that's another podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Callum. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Woo!